1: Visit RobertHalf.com today.
0: Yes! What is up, everybody? It's exciting to come to with the national team. Yes! I'm so excited. We're not even going to do our traditional intro to the podcast. What is happening in we Trust? Whoa, it's me, Jimmy Conrad, alongside Hollywood heartbreak kid Pierce, Keith Pierce, that is. And we have James Bench, who's going to come in and give us the English perspective of Fuller and Balogun, leaving the three lions to come and join us, United States men's national team. Heath, what are you wearing right now? What what, those are, glasses like a lot of Dr. Disrespect vibes from you right now. (laughs) No, listen, I'm stoked, man. We did it.
1: We, we got did it, him. Jimmy. I I just I, I I literally just I just tweeted. We this. got him. Uh, and uh, the truth is, look it's at that. Because guy. of us.
0: We so because handsome. of the show. It is because the of show
1: us. has done it again. We've done we it again. It. It. And we and, it. and I know some people don't want to believe that. You cannot believe that. But our our work here continues to 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 scale at a rate. That I don't think we even know we're capable of. Like we ourselves are now responsible for the next thing, which is a semifinal of a World Cup. We've delivered for We've delivered. We've uh, delivered. And and I'm 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 just again, just to just to like get into a little bit of the dynamic of 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 how he fits in, just changes the whole dynamic of our attack for the national team in terms of um where he can fit on the field, the type of profile of players we need around him, because he is a goal scorer that can create goal-scoring opportunities alone. We don't currently have that, right? Ricardo Pepe's a great goal scorer, but Balogun creates goals on his own. He creates them in 1v1 scenarios. He can isolate and, and, and create those moments out of nothing. That changes the whole dynamic of our national team in terms of who we need around him, how many we need around him, how defensive we can be, how offensive we can be where we press on the field it's just a completely different type well, you of got, profile you got way too
0: analytical i wanted to stay in the emotional side of things i'm so I, I, wanted, I got
1: him
0: we got I know. him he's a good player and we got him now i do want to say that as you mentioned we've been on this beat for a while and in fact i said something i don't know how many months ago i think it was after the world cup where i came on and said this let's roll that clip producer alex Could be the quest of this podcast moving forward to get Fuller and Balogun on the U.S. men's national team. Now, he can play for England. He has played for the youth national teams. But he is playing so well right now for Reim? Reim. Reim. Oh, it's just Reim. But a French club. That's R-E-I-M-S. He had a hat trick (laughs) yesterday, and it's becoming so undeniable. He scored against PSG the game before that in a 1-1 draw. I assume England would bring him back in but England is so Harry Kane focused, and they got Marcus Rashford. they got other players. Like maybe he'll just fall through the cracks. And why wouldn't he at some point? We've talked about this before, but why wouldn't he come to the US if he knew he would probably play a whole bunch more? Yes, exactly right. He's got nineteen goals and two assists so far in League Uh. He did go scoreless for about a month, but he scored in their last game. Now his club rounds. I've learned how to say pronounce or at least pronounce it properly. Uh, they've dropped out of those European spots. Their young manager, Will Still, has done an excellent job with them, but they have some work to do. Balogun is getting some interest from all over the place. Arsenal doesn't look like they're going to want to bring him back, so big summer for him as well. You know what, Heath, we can just add him to the list as someone that's going to now be part of the player pool. That What are they going to do this summer? Are they going to stay? Are they going to go? What is the whole thing? But I'm absolutely buzzing. No, no, before we go any further, though, we want to hear, or actually from, this is what Balogun put on his Instagram page his Instagram story. Let's take a look at that right now. Let's take a listen to it. Go for it.
2: At the moment is Balogun and U.S. Yes. men's national team. The kid was
1: born in New York. He's already played for the U.S. at the youth level. It's a young
2: squad. It's a hungry squad. And Balogun fits right in. He's the
0: perfect guy to take this squad to the next level. If you're the United States, you have to go and get him. Today is the day A the season has been made. yeah, yeah. That. Go. oh baby you can't see it it's, it's just the u.s jersey that is joe but that's a nice little drop there in the u.s crest wow i can't believe it's real i mean i can't believe it's real but i can't believe it's real at the same time heath this is exciting news now do you feel like we're putting an incredible amount of pressure on this player's shoulders we we definitely are oh, but uh oh, yeah <laughs> it's 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 it's, it's when, when the quote there, and I think it's from Stu Holden, who says he's going to take this team to the next level. My one concern, now we'll leave we'll leave the emotional side and get into the analytical. My one concern is you still got to get the guy the ball in good spots for him to do what he does best. And are we built or set up that way to maximize what he brings to the table? Because he scored a lot of goals for his club team, but he also, and I, I looked up the stats, he's got a lot of offside Calls against <laughs> him, which, which is great. He's running off the back shoulder of the center back. No problem. But is that how we play? Because I don't necessarily think that's how we play. And and so there in lie is, is a potential conundrum. That said, world-class quality is world-class quality. And I think he's got world-class quality. So we'll figure it out. We've got great players around him. But it's going to take a little bit of time, I think. And U.S. Soccer said he's going to be available for the Nations League in Vegas against Mexico. And recent. hopefully when we get to the final.
1: So... We
0: got that cooking for us which is
1: nice. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're you're spot on there. Look, the, the reality is is he is a player that could play as a winger if we ne- uh, if we needed him. I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm saying in terms of what he brings, he could be a, a single striker. Again, we don't do a great job of getting our single striker the ball. I think that's a totally valid point. We could now look at a two striker system where you have now uh, your your wingers and maybe you're playing a little bit more of a six and an eight or even a uh, you could play with some sort of withdrawn winger system type of thing. And the reason why I got straight into the tactics before is because I've been thinking about where does he fit in and how do you actually get the most out of him for that exact reason. And you do need to get him the ball because he cre- can create scenarios like that. But it also means you don't need to have as many players that can do what he does because he can score goals in the box. You can set him up but he can set up himself. And so it allows you to now think about like, could we play with a back five? Could we play and have two strikers up top? Could we play a four, four, two? Uh, Could we, could we just change the dynamic Mm -hmm. where you have him and Pepe on the field together? Where now you've got a target striker. The reality is, is the reason that we don't find our strikers often. And a lot of teams don't find their strikers often. If you go back and watch man city the other day, they struggle to find Erling Holland for a lot of the game because it's clogged. You're playing through a very crowded midfield, where mm-hmm. unless you have players playing off the shoulder of the striker, creating some of those passing lanes in, it's really hard to. Now with a player like him that we know, we don't need to get him all those touches all the time. We need to get him the ball in good spots. You right. can start to think differently about how you're going to play formation, not formationally, but but the system of play of what you're going to get him in dangerous spots, as well as changing the idea of like, well, do you want to get a Reyna on the field now? And by the way. Very rarely will we ever in our national team have our best 11 all out on the field. Right. We know that we've seen that for we saw that leading up all the way even through the World Cup where we would have would have been nice to have Gio Reyna, but he wasn't there yet. And obviously for other reasons, but like um, physically and mentally with that physical side, he wasn't there yet. So we're going to have to figure that out over time. It's not a club team where we're now we're talking about a best 11 over 38 games. Right. Uh, no, but no, it's just a huge it's- jump forward for us.
0: It is interesting that you say that it's not a club team because this feels like a club team. This feels like a summer transfer window. We're club fans over here. We're trying to get some some player to join our club moving forward. and that's, It's got those types of vibes. And so fair play to that. And I bring that up because uh, Flo came out and said, I think that that's when I really saw the full force of the U.S. fans. Okay, This is him. This is a quote. I was there. This is when he's talking about when he's in Orlando in Florida. And I just posted a photo with my friends thinking it was just a holiday picture. Now, before I knew it, I saw loads of comments and people knowing I was in America. And I just really felt the love from there. There's been a lot of buildup. So I've obviously seen people saying that I should choose to represent the U.S. And it's just something I'm really happy that I've decided to do. That's him with regard to the fans. Now, speaking of the fans, we got a lot of people watching. So we appreciate you hanging out with us for this emergency podcast of In Soccer We Trust, make sure you hit like and subscribe. If you're listening to this on your podcast platform of choice, you know, you can follow that as well and hit all the appropriate buttons and give us some reviews. We'd like that. But keep those comments coming. We want to read a few of those as we go along in the show. And again, we got James Benj, uh, one of our CBS sports correspondents who's on House of Champions regularly, one of our brother podcasts here in the family. He's going to be coming on talking about the English perspective about losing Balogun to the U.S. That'll be after our first break. But this is also what he said, Heath. There was a, a statement b- prior to talking about the fans. Balogun says, My decision to represent the U.S. came together with my family. In the end, it became a no-brainer. But for sure, it's just something I wanted to do, and it feels like I'm at home here. To represent the U.S. means a lot more than people would know. I'm very proud and honored to have this opportunity, and I want to give everything that I have to make our team successful. You know what's awesome? Mm-hmm. Is that uh, Oguchi Anjo? Who's only been in the job for what less than a week, and he's already securing the big fishes already. So fair play mm-hmm. to him. We're we're disappointed. Charlie Davies isn't with us. He's uh, making the trek home from the CBS Sports Studios, Paramount Plus Studios, in Stanford, Connecticut, to get back to his fam. So he's driving right now. Of course, we probably should have had Charlie. I don't. I, I'm actually surprised Charlie drives. I thought he would have a driver, but that's a conversation for another time. Very excited about this. As our resident number nine, Charlie's going to have some fantastic inputs. And our next show will be Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you join us for that. There'll be plenty more to talk about. But I wonder, with regard to this, the ripple effect of this move, Mm -hmm. what does it mean for Ricardo Pepe? What does it mean for Josh Sargent? What does it mean for Jesus Ferreira? I I, I like the thought of going to a two-striker system. I feel like that's coming back into fashion in some ways tactically around the world. But I wonder how we get Balogun really important touches on the ball consistently, and I think that could be an initial struggle for us. And I wonder, well, I mean, I guess I got a whole bunch of I wonders. Ah. But but Yunus Musa also was in the Arsenal Academy, and so was Balogun. They've known each other for many years, and I wonder how important he was to this whole recruitment process. But uh, shout out to Eunice Musa because I love him anyway. But uh, anyway, any any, any thoughts? Heath on on what he's saying, because it seems like I mean, he's saying all the right things. But uh,
1: I, mean, I mean, Jimmy, the reality is, is with uh, Balogun coming into this team, it's going to come at a price of some some player that we currently love in our national team. And I don't think it's going to be Ricardo Pepe. Ricardo Pepe, whether you play him or not, is still just another striker within that. But the system is going to change. A player that can go one-on-one, the one that can get out on the wings, the one that can cover ground. thats Balogun can do all that. He can dribble, he can shoot, he can pass. He's got that package of a striker. Now, you could go with a two-striker system with him next to, 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 to Pepe or whoever is most form. in that case. But what it means is that, like you said, you've got to get Balligan the ball in good spots. And that's going to come at a price of maybe a way or a Reina on the right-hand side and the type of player that you need there who wants the ball at their foot a lot. <laughs> well, wait, wait, come... wait, wait.
0: If, if Sergino Jess isn't playing anywhere, Timo away is our new right back. Let's just call it. That is bit. true.
1: but 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 you get my point is that like you don't need as many dribblers or types of players like that if you're trying to get a player who can do that on the ball and on the field and closer to the goal. And how that system plays out, I'm not really sure. And then how the – I guess what I'm saying is then from there – the counter press or where we press and all those other aspects of the game have to come into the factor. It's not just about like open up, like, you know, part the Red Sea and get uh, Balogun the ball and see what he can do with it. You still have to play through an entire system over 90 minutes. And that's going to come at a tactical sacrifice of somebody we, we know and love right right now in our national team. Um, Okay. Do
0: you think then as we try to recruit a new manager, they get a little excited, a little pep in their step now, because... They've got more options up top because they could look at our current player pool prior to Balogun joining, and be like, "All right, I got I got some stuff to work with, but it still feels unfinished." Right? There's no there's no out and out clear cut number one choice for the number nine, and then all of a sudden Balogun yeah. presents itself, and you're like, "Okay, baby, we got so we got we can party now." You know, I got some ideas, yeah. and and now maybe that's the one piece that unlocks a, a manager maybe being more excited about the job. It, it's interesting I, to see how, how this could all play out. And and again, what the ripple effects are of this particular yeah. decision.
1: No, I mean, I, I think more than anything for a coach, you're looking at more the trajectory of this team and the news and the energy around this team more than you are. Balogun's a great get, but we've got a good national team already. We've got a good young national team. That's exciting. But if you go post-World Cup up till now... Not a very exciting time in U.S. soccer if you're a manager looking at all the controversies and chaos and change and all those types of things, right? <laughs> I was leaving you're the now looking, side of it, I no, but know. but but when I'm thinking about a coach or a manager, it's not hard to see the quality and the talent that we have and the idea of like it, I can get my hands on this and work with this. We it's not unrealistic to think about a world cup semifinal with this group, right? Um, and again, I don't think this is our golden generation, but now that you add this player, not only is your team better on the field, but it's bringing positive vibes and momentum and energy around this national team and bringing it back to being about the players on the field and going and getting results and representing your country, which I think for a while, it was just, we were just caught up in almost the news cycle. Right. And now I think these two things create like the emotional and the actual on field improvement that if you're a coach, you start to go, okay, now this is a good piece. And also the timing of it is really good as we head towards summer and beyond, um, and giving yourself a good window to work with this this group of players because you got gotten the World Cup qualifying, but some competitions leading up to the World Cup, I, I think it's I think it's I think it's great. Well played by Balogun. Well played, everybody. The, the Apparently,
0: place. U.S. Soccer has been hot and heavy over him for a long time. I, again, I'd like to think that you hot and I and heavy. Charlie were the catalysts. So, you know, we've, been, we've been working hard behind the <laughs> we've scenes. We've been hot and we, heavy
1: too, Jimmy. We have
0: the receipts to prove it, which we rolled a, a little bit earlier. All right, we're going to take our only break of this emergency podcast of Insocket We Trust. When we come back, we're going to get our resident Englishman, James Benj, on the show to talk about how sad he is. So don't go anywhere.
2: Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen.
1: It's the most all-star-studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars.
0: New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Everybody, if you're a U.S.-based fan of the beautiful game, Paramount Plus is an absolute must-have subscription from Serie A to the Champions League to NWSL and so much more in between. This is what the big question is. If you don't think it's for you, what are you doing with your life? Okay, you can try one month for free by using the code Europe. That is an exclusive code. It's not, but I like to say it anyway for In Soccer. We trust. Speaking of that, we're back. Jimmy Conrad, alongside. Hollywood Heath Pierce, unfortunately, Charlie Davies is taking his private jet somewhere. We don't know where he is at the moment. Uh, Maybe he's a little jealous that we'll be talking about a number nine that's not named Charlie Davies. We'll get into that on Thursday's show. Again, that one kicks off at 1 p.m. Eastern. If you want to watch it live here on the YouTube, say like and subscribe while you're here. We appreciate you. And if you're listening to this on your podcast platform of choice, hit the appropriate buttons there to show us the love for this podcast. We keep bringing you the good stuff. All right. We're gonna bring on a man, a myth, a legend, who's part of the House of Champions, a podcast also in the CBS Sports family. His name is James Bench. What up, guys? It's been what's up, James Bench? So, 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 question. Uh, I'm I'm seeing a lot of bitterness from from uh, my friends on on the Twitters that are that are. British and English, and they're like, oh, he's just our sloppy seconds. So we don't. Really we live in a
1: anyway. vacuum. We live in a vacuum. Just <laughs> we so you know, to, we don't even like. We don't
0: <laughs> even want to use them. Blah blah blah. We're talking about fuller and Balligan, who committed from, the, uh, from England, made the one-time switch to the U.S. Bench. Give us your initial thoughts on how you're feeling about this.
2: Um, I mean, kind of like these uh, bits of people you're describing. I think it's <laughs>
0: more than anything. I mean, in Because different... you're an Arsenal fan too, right? So there's an Arsenal. Yeah. We can,
2: we can come on to the Arsenal angle as well. Um, indifference would be a, a harsh word, but I don't particularly think it's uh, it's worrying me in any great deal, um, you know, from an England perspective, that, that Balogun won't be in the setup. I mean, right now, let's say Harry Kane goes down injured or, you know, or next summer's, what is it, next summer? Euros? I can't remember mm-hmm. what year we're in anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Euro 2024. Say Harry Kane couldn't make it. And Balogun has another season akin to the one he's just had in Europe's fifth best league. You know, no one.
0: We but, uh, go. <laughs> be, I love the shade, James. Keep it uh, coming.
2: I don't believe in Europe's top four, top five leagues. It's Europe's fifth best league. Um, uh, <laughs> Balogun <laughs> wouldn't be particularly in contention. You know, you would have the likes of Ivan Tony, Ollie Watkins. Frankly, even the the guy that was selected ahead of him at Arsenal, Eddie and Ketia, um, Dominic Calvert Lewin. I think that the, the worry would be that Balogun is is of an age, and I saw this, I saw England under 21's last game against Croatia, where Balogun had clearly by then made his decision was in Orlando. Uh, as, as England were playing Croatia, and it was injured. Pretty no, he was he was injured. He was, he injured. was, yeah,
1: injured. He was he injured. injured. He needed a little. Uh, he, was like, he needed a little uh, the mental. The orange mental juice, disparity. isn't it? It's orange yeah. juice. Yeah.
0: Nowhere yeah. in Europe you can get top quality orange juice like. Why would you? Yeah, out. I mean, if you're going to go to Florida, you always pick
1: Orlando over Miami. It always picks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but
2: it's also, the speaking, oranges don't a grow. In Harry Potter Ultra.
1: ultra. Yeah, yeah. Oranges don't grow in winter either. So, like, we're going to kill that theory. And and from an under 21 perspective, they really missed him. They had no
2: other strike. Um, So there is this sort of specific age bracket where Balogun is probably as good as anyone England have to call upon. But of course, the reality is it's sort of, yes, he might be the best 22-year-old striker, but Harry Kane right now is is 29 years old. You kind of want to assume he'll be in, in contention at least for the next Euros, probably for the next World Cup. Then the likes of Watkins, Tony, Calvert, Lewin, one of them you would hope would come good. Um, and after that, there are some much younger strikers, There's a, a guy at Man City, and there's Jimmy J Morgan at, at Chelsea. So, like, I have to be frank. I, I'm not just teasing you all. I'm delighted for our American audience, and delighted to to help break that news. This is, to write about the news this morning, but it's there's no great existential funk here in England about losing Balogun. That's for
1: sure. Okay. Well, okay, thanks, that, James, Jimmy, for coming yeah, on this morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's ban I mean, him. Uh, no, uh, what, 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 my question is, I guess, to, to make it about the the. You obviously have a luxury of of the player development and depth that you've got in in England, right? Of, of of that many players that are scoring that many goals at high levels. But for the U.S. fan that has been hearing his name or has maybe seen a goal come across Twitter or something like that, and has been hearing about all the hype, what type of player you know, you knowing him coming through the Arsenal system now, scoring what could be twenty plus goals in, in a season, what kind of player should we should our fan base be expecting to, you know, what kind of quality should he be adding to, to our national team?
2: Yeah, it's really interesting you phrasing it like that because um, I remember covering him way back when he was in the Arsenal youth team. And at the time, there were people that would have had him third just in the youth team setup among Arsenal strikers behind not just Ketia, who I mentioned, and obviously has done good things for Arsenal this season, but a young lad, Tyrese John-Jules as well, who everyone thought was a bit more varied, could function as more of a ten. Balogun is a nine. He is a top level, or he could be a top level nine. And that's got to be the hope. He is someone that thrives around the penalty box. I mean, these are all the things that we, you know, you guys know better than me, but we all know everywhere in the world, the US is missing that player that can take those, get those shots up in the penalty box that can find the bouncing ball. And that's what Balogun was great at. I think the thing that's really impressed me is at youth level, there was something of a suspicion that actually some of this was just that he was bigger and stronger than the defenders he was playing against. But there's there's instincts there. There's an ability to read uh, defenses and know when to make the runs, both in behind on a counter or just where to where to peel towards in the penalty area. Those are sort of Balogun's great qualities. I think there's a lot of work to be done in terms of what he does off the ball. Although I wonder, is some of that just that that Rem are quite a cautious, low block sort of team when they lose possession? His link play is. It's certainly better than it was when I saw him as a youngster, but work to be done there. But you know, some of those things you kind of think that matters much more for the next club that might buy him than it does for the US MNT, who frankly needs someone that's good at kicking footballs in the net. And mm-hmm. every from I think I probably first saw him at the age of sixteen, and you knew then he was always going to be pretty good at kicking footballs in the net.
0: So I look forward to the day when Dominic Calvert-Lewin is leading the line for England so that you guys suffer, continue to suffer. Because uh, I don't think he's going to be the savior for you in any stretch of the imagination. Okay. Now, we've talked about how it feels like Balogun is, is you know, unnecessary goods, sloppy seconds for, for England right now. They don't need him. Kind of getting the same vibes about his future uh, at the club level with Arsenal. Obviously, he's with Jesus and Katia, you know, you got Martinelli and Saka that, that I know they're not like for like, but mm. a lot and scoring a lot of goals and, and potentially crowding the space that he would occupy. Where do you think his future lies at the club level? Will he stay in France for another season or, or do you think he's going to make a move somewhere else? Whatever happens, it will it, it, the
2: expectation is it will be a, a permanent move. He's got two years left on his contract. He doesn't really want to renew. He doesn't really want to go on loan and Arsenal are looking at this quite rightly as, you know, as you said, Jimmy, they've got Jesus. They will be looking to strengthen their attack and, this is a good time to sell. It's a good time to get money. I mean, we're talking about 35 million. It's the sort of thing that we would that we expect them to ask for. They might get less. Uh, Leipzig is the obvious one. He's a good fit for them stylistically. They will probably have Champions League football. They're about to lose in Kunku. Um, and they are interested. Um, they're, they're also looking at Jonathan David as well. So I don't know what it is. But they're just like North American strikers. Which is good to
1: know.
2: Um, Marseille or another... Uh, For me, Europe might be more logical. I mean, from what I've heard, though, pretty much every Premier League team outside the big six or seven have have kind of had scouts keeping an eye on him. Um, So there will be a lot of options open. And I think from Arsenal's perspective, what they want is a couple of teams to come in so they can start a bit of a bidding war. Um, If he wanted to stay and be a squad member, I don't particularly think Arsenal would have a problem with that. But everyone is kind of, totally understands that this is a great time you know this is Balogun's moment isn't it this is why he's picked the U.S. Um, he needs that regular starting football uh, at club level and at international level that he wouldn't have got with Kane ahead of him or Osimen ahead of him um, so yeah I, if I was you know certainly expect him to move at the moment Leipzig seems the most likely and so many good young U S talents in the German league. I'm sure you guys think that would make quite a lot of sense. Would to me,
1: do you think he's a, a, a top say four, six in, in like, um, you know, obviously I don't think he steps into any he likes top it, yes. think yeah, in any, like, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, in Leipzig. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, just, that's what I'm thinking. Like beyond the premier league outside of that, do you think he's a, you know, top, top tier, like step in and start type of quality right now, or is he still a little bit, uh, unproven after you know one big season because we're obsessed with potential here in the u.s we and love we, it. yeah nuts we are we the top, are the yeah we are the reason for any downfall uh because <laughs> we set the, the bar way too high but like do you do you see him being able to step into a leipzig and be a you know 15 to 20 a year and move nice on from Nick, there nice or timo Werner? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he no, could... please not the next team, Werner. I'm saying next two, not the oh, next. No. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I mean, that Sorry. could be perfect for him because he can finish all the
2: chances that Werner misses. <laughs> all the follow yeah. Um I, th- I think if he chooses the right club, there is a really good chance of him becoming a top 20 striker in the world. I, d- I wouldn't want to get carried away. I mean, top 20 striker in the world is really decent to have uh, you know and that's by 2026 if you've got that and you've got you know you know i'm a massive tyler adams fan you've got so many other good young talents like sort of chris richards that will come good having like top 20 talent all around the pitch and you know having good young talent that probably gets you fairly deep into the uh into the world cup doesn't it and probably might not win you it but you guys know that you deep down, you know, that's never going to happen. Um Yeah. I, I think he is, you know, he would be a good striker in a top four European league. Um I don't think he will probably quite develop into the sort that Arsenal wish they hadn't sold that man city, man United uh, uh, pounding on the door and offering 120 million for, but I, I, I do think he's, he's a good striker and in, in in, a, in the right team in a, more direct counter-attacking team. I think he's going to score loads right. of goals. And uh, if the alternatives were Jesus Ferreira, Josh and Josh Sargent, I would be getting as excited as you guys are.
0: Okay. So just to it's kind of take take what you were saying there, Benj, about uh, him not turning into it. I think they were saying the same thing about Mo Salah when he was at Chelsea, Kevin De Bruyne. When he was <laughs> at Chelsea. So there, there's plenty of room for Balogun to prove you wrong. And I hope that he does. Now let's pivot really quick. And we appreciate your time before we let you go. Talk to us about Patrick Vieira. Obviously, he got let go by Crystal Palace. Do you think? And he has experience in MLS with NYCFC, and he has a clear identity of how he likes to play, and and obviously well respected uh, for for a number of reasons. Uh, do you think, given what you saw from him, do you think he'd be a good fit for us as a national team manager? Because he's well, would, in the mix, from what I understand.
2: Is he? That's. I think he'd be brilliant. I don't know if. Um, I don't know if, like, from from Vieira's perspective now is.
0: Well, it's assuming he wants the job, right? Yeah, but.
2: exactly. I'm wondering if it's if he would want to, you know, he seemed to really relish his club jobs and actually did very well at most of them. Um, but I think he would be a really fantastic hire for, for the US in terms of the players that you have and the optionality that that he can he can bring, the way he uses youngsters and, and develops them. Everyone that worked under him at, at Palace, and they were a kind of a similar age to the US squad they all came away saying such glowing things. And I think there was a lot of, you know, even from the Palace, from Steve Parrish and the people at Palace that sacked him, it was done with a really heavy heart because I think they know he's a player that, re- a manager that really connects with players. He can be stern and he can be really tough if you don't meet standards. But he equally uh, has has this quality of, of raising up young footballers. And um, well, we'll I think he will be a phenomenal hire, much better than you know going for maybe a more starry name who's there for the paycheck. I'd love that for you guys, and obviously, it's Patrick Vieira. And um, I might actually have to wish the USMNT well if he's in charge.
0: We're just we're just taking all of Arsenal's rejects at this point. I mean, you know, we got plenty of time for it. We got plenty of time for it, especially when they have as much quality as those two names that we've been discussing. James Bench, thank you so much for your time. Go over to yes. House of Champions. Go listen to his podcast. Go read all of his stuff on cbsports.com We love you, James Bench. Thank you, even though you took some shots at the U.S. We'll see you soon. See and you then, uh, Heath, what what do you think about uh, Bench's comments?
1: Uh, you know, you want to fight? Almost, almost <laughs> came a little. <laughs> you tried to trigger. You almost like uh, Charlie, Charlie did yesterday. Yeah. No, I, I think I look, I think the reality is, is we live in our bubble and our bubble is a different perspective than 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 in, uh, an English fan or the re- just the harsh realities of where he fits into the ecosystem. Right. I think the truth is, is that. Had he been, had he scored 19 in the Premier League this year, we wouldn't be having this conversation about Fuller and Bolligan, right? I don't think, I think it's, I, I think we've done a great job of recruiting him. I think we've done a great job of making him feel like this is a project he wants to be part of. I think you and I have done our job and Charlie as our, as our producers yeah. of, of bringing him in and, and and getting this deal over the line. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, that that is the truth. He's still got a lot a lot to prove. I would love for us to have the last laugh on Philomen Bolligan, right, and see where his club career goes and what he could do with the national team. So that English fans and the national team look back someday and go, "What? Uh, imagine what if? Right? What would have happened? What could have been?" And and maybe that's a big reach. Maybe that's 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 out of reach uh, potentially. But I would love for that to be the, the the end of that story someday. Is to look back and say, "Man, he actually could have been a huge." He could have been the difference for England, right? But instead, he's the difference for us. And that's 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 what I like.
0: From your lips to the ears of the soccer gods, please allow that to happen. But this is a great first step. It just makes our national team player pool that much deeper and obviously adds that quality. I think when you add a player that has the quality that Balogun does, it's going to raise the game of everybody around them. And even the people that he's competing against to get playing time. They know now that they have to pick it up and try to hit a new level. And that's only going to, what's a Rising tide lifts all boats, I believe, is the, the famous phrase with regard to that. All right, that's it. The emergency podcast is over. Me and Heath are going to go pop some bottles that Chuck mm-hmm. gave us for this big news. Uh, very, very nice of Chuck to do that. We're going to be back on Thursday. It's 10, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll go live here on the So You can listen to it anytime on your podcast. We got him. Form of choice. We got him, everybody. Fuller of get is playing for the U.A. Adam. Today is a great day. So, on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex, Charlie, when he shows up, and me and Heath, we appreciate you and all of your support for In Soccer We Trust. And we'll see you on Thursday. Later. You're
1: welcome. We got him.